What's going on, Facebook? What's going on? This is your boy, Just Justin, host of the Nothing But Sports Show, NBS show. Uh, we are live tonight with co-host Keo, representing California, and co-host Marlon. Is he on? I'm on. Yep. There, there he is. There he is. What's going on, guys? Everything's good, you know. Another Tuesday night in the saddle. <laughs> I'm glad to see you're not wearing that uh, that Falcons hat anymore. I, I don't know if I could have stayed another hour of that. I'll bless you with another one. <laughs> what's going on, Keo? Yo, what's good, man? Um, <clears throat> glad to be back on the MBS show tonight. Uh, tonight's show is most likely gonna be my um my last week on the show because um it looks like things are uh, getting better with our good friend, Mr. C. Shout out to him. He'll be definitely be back soon. Shout out to Marlon that's been holding it down also. Shout out to a uh, true uh, great show on NBS. Let's talk about L last night. We weren't able to have Larson live, but Larson live will definitely be back next week. But I'm looking forward to tonight's show on the NBS show, man. I I'm looking forward to it. Indeed, indeed. Well, we're going to start off the show with the uh, with Major League Baseball. Uh, we haven't talked about <clears throat> baseball in a couple weeks, uh, but it does. The season does start this coming week. Uh, I'm excited. We're finally going to get major sports in America uh, with this pandemic going on. So uh, I'm praying everything uh, holds up and we actually get a start to something. Uh, but it starts up this week and uh, only 60 games going on. They had a couple rule changes today. Big rule changes as far as I'm concerned. Um, but who are y'all picks this year for uh, for the World Series? Who do y'all see coming out of the champion this year? Um, interesting. Um, I uh, I kind of like the Braves in the National League, and uh, out of the American League, for some reason, I think the Astros are going to be right back there, you know, due to not having any fans. So they won't be able to face all the heavy scrutiny, you know, during the games if, as they would if they were on the road in New York or Boston or, you know, one of the their their opposing stadiums. But yeah, I think the Braves and, and the, the Astros would be my favorites right now, you know, for the World Series. And who do you have winning? Oh. I would say the Astros would be the favorites, even though I'm a Braves fan. They would be the favorites right now just because, you know, their team has so much chemistry together. Um, my Braves are young, have a lot of chemistry as well, but, you know, they do have a much better pitching staff, you know, coming into the season. And, um, if the Braves, you know, could, you know, get their pitching together, they could make, make it very, very interesting, you know. You know, a 60-game season is really going to not allow a team to sit on their laurels and kind of, you know, go to sleep for a game or two. Like, every game is going to have a lot of meaning in. You don't want to get too far behind because if you do, it's over with. What do you think about the new rule, Marlon, about uh, only for this year, for 2020 only, no 
more pitching pitchers after batter after bat. It's DL in both the American League and the National League. To me, that's I, I love the DH. I've always loved the DH. You know, they, we've been fortunate to have a few uh, pitchers. You know, you know, over the, the the last couple of decades that could actually hit a little bit, but by and large, no. You know, I, I would prefer the DH. You know, give me a, a DH. You know, a, a guy that can swing the bat. You know, whether it's for average power or whatever. But give me a, a normal hitter that can you know put the ball in play more times than not instead of just you know standing up there whiffing at sixty eight mile an hour junk pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're going to continue it next year? I think they should because, you know, that can actually change, you know, the, the salary structure, you know, for, for the MLB players, you know, they can, you know, actually, you know, pay a guy, you know, a lot more money. A DH, you know, can be like a, a, a left fielder or, you know, a shortstop, something like that, or third baseman, like that, that can be a, a big money spot for, you know, a team. Definitely. Who do you think is going to take it this year, Keo? Who do you have in the American League and the National League, and who do you think is going to take it all? Uh, definitely not the cheaters, not the Astros. <laughs> um, I like, I like, I know this seems common and a popular pick, but I like, I like the, I like the New York Yankees, man. I think this team, the lineup this team has, is just nasty and ridiculous with their young uh manager Aaron Boone obviously they got you know the 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 main so guys cliche. that they got <laughs> you, so know the, you know the you know you know you know the you know the 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 power hitters that they got with John Carl Staten Aaron Judge we can't forget about uh Brett Gardner and uh Sanchez I think he's Sanchez is a very underrated player um, Tan Tanaka, uh, their rotation with uh, Tanaka, I, I'm not sure how his health is going to be. Um, AJ Haps in that rotation also, and you can't forget about Garrett Cole. I think he's a, I think he's a huge favorite to win um, um, as far as the Cy Young Award goes. Um, Marlon mentioned uh, um, Atlanta down in uh, the National League. I Atlanta man, one guy that I'm a really huge fan of is Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, going into his third season, man, he's improved uh, every single year. From uh, first season, I think he had 26 home runs, uh, 64 RBIs, improved those numbers last season with uh, 41 home runs, 101 and uh RBIs. I got I got him as a as a top favorite to win to win uh a National League MVP, but I just think this uh team needs uh they need a lot of help, man. Um I see Did them you? as a, a good wild oh yeah a, a good wild card and they're a good wild card and I think they they got have a really great shot to win their division but the team that just um everybody's favorite right now, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think it was huge when they land that deal with, uh, to get, uh, uh, Mookie Betts. 
Uh, they also had uh, they also got David Price up there. You know, everybody knows about Kershaw, uh, Jock Peterson, um, uh, Cody Bellinger. They got uh, they got this rookie um, Lux. Um, I think he could win Rookie of the Year. But uh, with that being said, man, I got the Dodgers and the Yankees um, in the World Series, and I got the Dodgers winning in six games. So cliche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beating the Razor. The whole National League to handle. Um, I think they, they got to be the favorite. They won 106 games last year. They outscored their opponents by 273 points. Um, I just think they, they're going to win it all. They'll beat the Rays. I, I thought about picking the Yankees. It's a cliche pick, um, but I just think the Rays, uh, they, their pitching staff is the best, in my opinion, in all of baseball. Um, they got, you know, Tyler, uh, Tyler Glanslow, um, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell. So they have, you know, three or four aces on their team. So I think they're they're going to be the toughest in the American League, uh, but I think the Dodgers will take it all this year. So what, what do you think about the DL, uh, Gio? I think the, the, the DH, DH, I think that's going to make a huge difference, especially in the postseason, man. Yes. Um, and I think it'll be helpful, especially with the games cut short, the season cut short to 60 games. That should make a huge difference also. And um, I think uh, MLB did uh, did their due diligence with this one, uh, with the DH uh, out rule. All right. Well, we're going to head to football now. Um, we had big news this week. We had a whole bunch of NFL players tweet uh, and post about their concerns about safety this week. They said that they weren't ready to report unless they had some safety measures in place. Um, so the NFL had a meeting, was it Monday, uh, 11 o'clock? Uh, they came back and they have new protocol. A uh, new protocol is they're going to get tested daily for the first two weeks of training camp. Uh, and as long as it is under 5% positive, then it will, uh, it will go to every other day, therefore. Um, they also eliminated all the preseason, which to me was a huge deal. Um, do y'all think that that's enough measures to ensure that we're going to have a season this year? Keo, what do you think? Um, I always thought the NFL is going to have um, a season just based everything that I've seen throughout uh, this offseason. I think um, a lot of people want to, you know, throw a lot of, you know, shade, scrutiny towards Roger Goodell. A lot of people say he's the worst owner in all of, uh, the, uh, on all of sports. I disagree with that. I think that could be in another conversation later. But uh, Roger Goodell, he's done a decent job as far as what we've been going through. When it came to the NFL draft, he people said, oh, you can't make the NFL draft happen. He made it happen. Uh, NFL free agency, he made that happen. 
he was the first to actually to release the schedule. And uh, he even did a backup plan just because, just in case we had, uh, you know, if, if we had like a, um, a, a you know, a, a new phase when it came to the, the coronavirus um, with that scheduling also, um, even for, um, even, uh, I, I mentioned free agency, I mentioned the schedule, and um, he's done everything that was needed. I think the main issue was was the protocol, the player safety. Um, they have been in conversations with uh, the NFL Players Association, and um, I honestly think there's still going to be a season. Uh, I think the huge problem. I think a huge problem that I have. There's pros and cons behind it when it comes to no preseason games because um, preseason games, you know, it kind of, it's, uh, you know, it helps the revenue for the owners. It also sees a uh, shows, uh, you know, player evaluation, who to, you know, who to cut, who, who to cut, um, who to keep on the team, um, you know, players that, you possibly could see that has potential because I remember during in the preseason, um, the Seattle Seahawks when Russell Wilson first started, they uh, Seahawks signed Matt Flynn to to a, a decent contract. Everybody has seen Matt Flynn was going to be the quarterback. Russell Wilson comes in the preseason, lights it up, and nobody thought he was going to be the starter. People thought it was a huge mistake to name Russell Wilson the starter. Obviously. Um, that proved to be wrong. I don't even know where Matt Flynn's at right now. At Russell Wilson, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the game right now. Um, I think another thing also, it has a huge impact on uh, on, on fantasy football also uh, when it comes to preseason games cutting short also. So, but the thing with the, but the, but, but when it comes to the veterans, they already know, they have the experience. If you want to talk about pay wise, it's not going to make a huge difference because, from what I from what I heard from reports, that all the players, including the rookies, they get played the same amount in, when it comes to the preseason, but when it comes to the regular season, it's a huge difference. I think that's one of the reasons why they got rid of the preseason games. I I want to see preseason games because I like seeing you know, rookies getting their feet wet. When you look guy, look at guys like Joe Burrow and, and Tua, they're going to start in the regular season. So that's, that's going to, that that's going to put a lot of pressure to on them when it comes to regular season. And we're going to see the difference with regular season um, compared to, I mean, a preseason with preseason games compared to no preseason games. Are you concerned about the, the positive test that came out today with the NFL players? Uh, there was a report that was a 50, uh, 95. It got changed to 50-something, but it's still a pretty high number uh, for them even being in, in training camp because training camp starts in one week. Are you concerned about the amount of positive tests uh, coming out of the NFL right now? To be honest with you, at 95-55, it may seem like a high number, but this is the first time they're actually getting testing and reporting the camp. So you're going to get a high number like that. Just like the NHL, when they first reported, they got a huge number. So 
I don't think it's that bad, man. I don't think people should panic. And um, and it's a good thing that it's actually happening now. Um, just imagine if you you actually if if you, we if training camp already started, but they're just reporting to training camp. I think training camp for some teams starts on the 28th. So I think I think it's a good thing that that these positive tests are happening right now. Obviously, I don't want anybody to be tested positive, but fortunately, things like this is going to happen. Just look at uh, just look at the NBA right now. They got zero right now. So um, I think it'll definitely improve as a weeks go by going into training camp. I disagree with you, Theo. I think it 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 it, get, it goes up. Uh, these guys are supposed to be staying at their house right now. And there's 95 positive, you know, wait till they actually have to move around. Wait, wait till they have to travel uh, to New York or travel to L.A. or travel to Minnesota. And, and then, you know, after the game, go out to the club, go eat at a restaurant, you know, go visit people. It's going to go way higher. They're going to be exposed to more people, you know, more environments. I think 95 right now is, is a terrible sign because if it's, you know, three out of every team, Right now, when they're supposed to be staying home and quarantining, it's going to be 20 or 30 on every team If once they start moving around. They need to do something now because just testing someone right now, that's not enough, a big enough measure, in my opinion. You know, you need to figure out a way to keep these guys at bay. I don't care if, if you know, they can't create a bubble, but it, even if the teams have to hire somebody to make sure that these guys aren't moving around, aren't going to parties like Ezekiel Elliott was doing, aren't going eat out. You know, they, they need to stay home when they're not working. I, I know uh, it, it's like a prison, but this is – if they want to play football, they should have to do this. They need to stay home. This is this is going to get out of hand if something doesn't get done pretty quick. Uh, what's your opinions on it, Marlon? Well – The interesting thing would be, number one, is, you know, how many teams is that initial number spread across? That's what I really want to know, you know, 95 or 55, 59, whatever the number is, how many different teams had players with positive tests? That, that, really, that can really tell you the story of how bad early on it could be or okay, you know, yeah, we're obviously going to have some positive tests, but it looks manageable at this point. But secondly, um, the NFL, you know, the ownership and league office kind of take an L on this one because they've been the only league really that's have, have had the advantage of having time to prepare for this. But, you know, the greed of the NFL owners, what I see is they've been sitting back Arrogant. looking at everything money related, but not looking at all the stuff that was health related, if you feel me. They've been focusing on, oh, let's get 35% of the player's salary back in escrow. Oh, you know, the salary cap may be going down next year because the revenue will be lower this year, blah, blah, blah. But you had all these months to focus on some kind of solid plan to combat COVID, but it takes 
the players to tweet about it saying, hey, we want to play, but we don't see any guidelines from you guys. We don't see any solid plan that says that you're focused on taking care of us. We want to take care of our families, but we want to make sure you can take care of us if we're out there on the field. The players have the biggest risk of all. The owners, yeah, they may lose some money, but they'll recoup that money within a couple of years. That's how it is. They have too many businesses and too many, you know, joint ventures going on for them to, you know, stay losing forever. I just don't see how the NFL has had the NBA, major leagues, NHL, NASCAR, MLS, all these different leagues and organizations that you could have had video calls with, meetings with to discuss, hey, how are you guys handling your, your, your situation with COVID? How are you protecting your players, your talent, your drivers, whatever? It seems like they weren't doing any of that. It seems like they've just been sitting back, watching the calendar, turn over day after day after day with nothing set in stone. And now it's like they're trying to put something on paper at the last minute. So I'm a little bit worried about it because it seems like all of this stuff was just slapped on, on paper and print at the last minute. And, you know, how effective it will be is, is yet to be seen, but I'm a little bit worried right now. So that's my take on it. The problem is they, they, the arrogance. They they thought that yes. this would be this would be all over with. The you know the arrow will be going down with the cases. You know surely by you know the end of July and August, this will all be over with. They're 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 going over the uh, the 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 President Trump uh, statement by oh when it gets hot, this will all go away. You know yeah so, when it gets eighty degrees, it'll just die out. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what happened, you know, and, and all of a sudden, boom, they woke up one day, and it's one week till training camp, and we've had the most cases ever. So, you know, they had to do something, and it was, it was pretty embarrassing, you know, like you Very said, embarrassing. all these examples to look at beforehand, you know, they had the advantage over everybody else because they had guinea pigs before them, you know, you had all these other sports go through it already and, and, and figure things out or, or at least try to figure it out. And they just sat back and didn't even care to learn from it. So it was pretty yep. embarrassing. They could have <laughs> said, hey, you know, send me all your lessons learned from what you've had to experience so far dealing with this. You know, mm -hmm. we'll sift through it, review it, evaluate it, and see how we can, you know, make it fit for what we're trying to do. You know, it doesn't seem like they did anything. No. Well, speaking of the NFL, <laughs> we got a uh, we got the news of Antonio Brown this week. <sighs> we, thought, we thought this guy was over with, right? We thought he would no longer be in the news, but of course he's back in the news because you know during a slow sports week he's got to make sure he he makes an appearance. <laughs> he is coming out and saying that due to COVID and due to medical risk, he is retiring. And he is too much of a risk at this point for him to return to the field. Uh, what's y'all biggest memories of this guy? And uh, do you think he'll ever play again? Um, A.B., 
he got in his feelings once again this week and somebody should have took his phone from him. <laughs> AB's feeling it right now because nobody's calling him. That's what this is about. This is about him not feeling like anybody wants him right now. Yep. AB still has legal issues that are unresolved. And AB also has not had that sit down with old good old Roger Goodell yet. So AB, number one, until you have settled your legal issues off the field, number two, sit down and talk with Roger Goodell, you're not going to get signed. Plain and simple. You know, there are some teams that may throw around the idea just to get their team name in the headlines for, you know, a day or two. But I don't think nobody's going to touch him until they know that he's, one, you know, done what he needs to do for himself. And number two, that, you know, the league is accepting of what he's done for himself to try to correct his legal issues because we all know whoever signs AB if and when he's going to serve a suspension. Mm -hmm. But in AB's mind, AB thinks that because he hasn't been on a roster active, that that's going to serve as his suspension. No, 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 no. Doesn't work like that, AB. According to the, the current CBA, you can't be officially suspended if you're not officially on a roster. So, A.B., yeah, you haven't been playing and you've been at the home unemployed, but you won't be officially suspended until you're on a roster. So, I will prepare myself if and when you do get a call and get signed by somebody that you're going to have to sit down for probably about six games, if, at least four. You're going to sit it for at least four. So, you might want to prepare yourself for that because you're, you're not going to get off scot-free and they're not going to use the fact of you being a, a free agent as suspension time. It doesn't work like that. My problem is um, I can't take anything he says serious. First of all... I don't blame you for feeling that way. <laughs> first of all, it wasn't too much of a medical risk to fly out and work out with Dwayne Haskins. It wasn't too much of a medical risk to fly out and work out with uh, Russell Wilson. It wasn't too much of a medical risk to fly out to work out with Lamar Jackson. It only becomes too much of a medical risk when nobody knows your phone number. That's the problem I have. He's out there working out with everybody he can think of. He's out there trying to make a team. All of a sudden, nobody wants to talk about him oh, this, this is just too much of a medical risk for me. I'm going to step back. I'm not buying it. This guy's a joke. Even when retiring, he just has to make a fool out of himself. It's a shame because he, he had so much talent. This guy, I, I don't know if I've ever remembered seeing someone with su such great ceiling, so, you know, such great talent go so down so fast. It, it, it all happened. It all happened when he became A.B. When he was still Antonio Brown, everything was all good and he was producing on the field. But the minute 
that persona AB took over, voila. What do you think, Kyo? Are, are you are you buying this? Do you think he'll be back? Um, first of all, um, I I'm not buying it because he's said it before, and um, I think he's definitely he definitely will be back. Um, because the NFL and NFL teams they're not worried about signing any free agents right now. They're worried about getting their teams to training camp. They're worried about the health of their players and the, the protocols that set for the NFL. They're worried about even if they're even going to have fans in their in their stadium. But I, I know what Antonio Brown did. I don't approve of it. I I I, I completely disagree what he did with the foolish things that he's done. But the, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a fan of these football players, what they do on the field, not off the field. So I, I, one thing when I remember about Antonio Brown, I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was 2014 or 2013. It was the year that – it was the, the year before that Calvin Johnson had that 2,000-yard receiving year. Uh, the following year, uh, they end up playing against the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers against Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown broke out a couple seasons later, uh, and they went head to head. I think that was probably one of the best wide receiver matchups that I've seen quite some time. Uh, I think the game was I, I, the game was in Heinz Field during that time. Both of them scored, uh, had two touchdowns each. Calvin Johnson had, a, I think he had, a, he had over 170 yards. Um, he had about like five or six receptions. Antonio Brown had, went for 147, and uh, he had seven receptions in that game. Um, um, and uh, the Steelers end up winning that game, 37 to 27. And that's the one thing I've uh, that caught my eye when it came to Antonio Brown. That game going against, you know, uh, on the other side against Calvin Johnson, I, I realized I was like, damn, Antonio Brown is that dude, man. And that's when I started taking notice of the potential and the talent of how good Antonio Brown was. Yeah, it's a shame to see him go downhill so quick. I mean, he had such promise. And I mean, he had a good five or six years left of, of elite wide receiver play from him. Uh, so it, it's a shame to see him go down like this, but uh, we'll, we'll probably see him back. He'll, he'll he, I may not see him back on the field, but I promise you, he will try again. He will yeah. be back on the field practicing with somebody trying to get a spot. Don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm sure this won't be the last we hear of AB. But in other sports slash pop culture news, um, Madden 21 ratings came out this week, guys. Did y'all get a chance to look at these things? Um, Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> we have five players get the the, the highest prestige, the, what they call the 99 club. You know, it's a ranking of 99, which is pretty much a perfect rating in Madden. Um, we had five different players. And I want to get y'all y'all, y'all feedback on, on y'all. Do y'all think any of these guys don't deserve it? Uh I have the list here. Um, in the 99 club, we have, the, first of all, Aaron Donald, defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, 
pretty sure he deserves it, but I'll get your opinion in a second. Uh, we have Stefan Gilmore, cornerback from the New England Patriots. Patrick Mahomes, pretty much Super Bowl MVP this year. Mr. Half-Billion-Dollar Guy. Christian McCaffrey. And can't guard Mike, Michael Thomas. All right, Keo. Does any of these five right here do not deserve that 99 prestigious title? And do you think anybody should be in that 99 club that's not? Um, no, I don't think anybody else should be in that 99 club. Uh, if there's one player that I um, <clears throat> I don't think that deserves to be in that 99 club, I'm going with uh, Stefan Gilmore, man. Um, in my opinion, I don't think Stefan Gilmore is the best cornerback in the NFL. Um, I think um, they had a great year. They played against um, some really bad teams. Um, when you look at the uh, when you look at the AFC East during that last season, they were uh, pretty bad. They beat um, they nearly beat them by double digits. Um, um, Gilmore he got lit up by uh, Devontae Parker, man. Devontae Parker, and this was this was no double team. It was no zone. It was straight up one-on-one coverage when it came to him and Devontae Parker. And if you let somebody like Devontae Parker beat you, eight catches, 137 yards, um, um, that's 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 bad, man. That's not that's not that's not 99 overall. That's not the best cornerback in, in, in the NFL. Um even though you know um, he he did had some he did uh, lock down DeAndre Hopkins and Amari Cooper pretty well, but uh, uh, both offenses struggled in that game. So I I, I really can't give him that. And uh, like I said, uh, I I gotta I gotta I, I don't think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. I don't think he's the best cornerback in the NFL. Um, so I, I'm just going to leave it at that. If there's one player that doesn't belong on there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Stefan Gilmore. I, I agree with that Keo. Cause honestly, he, he didn't even like, he had six interceptions last year. There were two other NFL players that had six interceptions. Uh, and, and they, they're both rated, they're rated 90 and 83. Now Tredavious White, former LSU, you know, alumni and Anthony Harris from Minnesota. They both had six interceptions. Um, I would put them just as high as, as he would. Uh, 99 is way too high for him. He is he is not that much better. Uh, he's not a, he's not an elite all-time great cornerback. And to me, if you're going to get a 99, you got to be one of those all-time greats. Um, what are you thinking, Marley? Who on that list would you take off, if any? First of all, I think the, there's three guys that – Definitely, you know, you really can't argue. That would be Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and Aaron Donald. Of course, you know, Mahomes, of course, you know, you don't need to say anything else about him. He's 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 on a path right now to just destroy the league right now. 
Aaron Donald, he's so destructive as a defensive tackle, you know, being undersized as a defensive tackle at that. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's he's the white version of Marshall Falk, you know. This guy, he does a lot of amazing things on the field. Um, but Stefan Gilmore, I agree with you guys. I don't think he's a 99 because whenever the Patriots defense didn't play well, you know, it, it, it kind of exposed him. You know, if they were able to get pressure and stop the opposing team being able to run the ball, he, he kind of just, you know, sat back there and looked like he was better than what he actually is. Um, Michael Thomas a.k.a. Crickle Thomas. Oh, um, oh, 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 oh. Number one, Crickle Thomas, you know, first of all, when you look at his attributes, his uh, emotional state should be, you know, close to zero because <laughs> this guy is uber emotional and sensitive and, you know, hasn't hasn't, you know, really helped his team get over the hump in the playoffs. Wow. You know, we, we can discuss that at a later date. But um, he's a great player, yes, but he's not a 99. He's not, you know, he, athletically, he's just not elite enough to even be close to a 99, in my opinion. <laughs> I'd give Michael Thomas about a 93 overall, wow. you know, but... 99, I, no. I, and, his, and his, I just, his emotional state and, and his lack of long speed, you know, really brings him back down close to like 93 overall. And, and I just wanted and I just wanted to add this also. He's not even the best receiver in the his division, man. Come he's on, absolutely man. not. Are you kidding me? He's absolutely not. Julio, Julio. No, Somebody give that man a new contract, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a problem with one of the guys you said that you can't argue with. I don't think Christian McCaffrey's a 99. That dude's a I Swiss think, Army knife. He does everything. I understand that. But he's not even, you know, he's not, he's not the top rusher in the NFL. He's not the second top rusher in the NFL. He's not the third top rusher in the NFL. Wow. He, he was by, but he was if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he was like what uh top three in total yards. Well, in total yards, I think he was the top guy because he had a thousand yard receiver. But the thing is, in rushing, and that's what you know, as a running back, he was only 50 yards away from being fifth. Ezekiel Elliott almost topped him. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, Derrick Henry is a better running back than he is. Uh, I wouldn't put Nick Chubb above him. I would what put about, Josh. What about what about your boy Kamara? Come on, man. He's not a ninety-nine. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I know. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. I'm I'm saying is he is he better than Christian McCaffrey? Is he a better running back than him? Not not this year. Who's who's the last guy to hit a thousand yards receiving as a running back? Oh, I don't know. Was it, was it Marshall Falk? Marshall Falk, yeah. And before Marshall Falk, it was Roger Craig. So 
That's a very elite group that Christian McCaffrey in. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, he's not in that group. Well, Kamara had like 850 yards last year. Not his past year, but the year before. So he got pretty close to getting that 1,000-yard receiver. Pretty close. Ain't that. It ain't a 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. But, but yeah, and I don't believe uh, the, the two that I, don't, I have a problem with was Christian McCaffrey and Stephon Gilmore. I don't think Gilmore's the top cornerback in the league, and I don't think Christian McCaffrey's the top running back. Now, I know you're a Falcon fan, but can't guard Mike broke records last year. Most receptions ever in the history of the NFL in one single season. And what did it yield you? What did it get your team? Nowhere. We're so, talking about individual ratings here. We're not talking, but if you want to talk about team ratings, I can he, tell you the top so, rated team in all of Madden. And it's not that red and black back there. So <laughs> I guess you could, you could say that uh, Michael Thomas was padding stats last year because that's what he was doing. He was padding stats. He padded stats, and it still didn't help the Saints get over the hump in the playoffs. All right. At the end of the day, he still can't guard Mike. <laughs> anyway. Oh. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to the next subject, and we're going to stay with the NFL. Um, we're going to talk – we're going to be psychics here. We're going to try to figure out if we can – if we can predict something here, we have four quarterbacks coming up this year, four legendary quarterbacks that most likely future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Out of these four, who do you believe will retire first? Will it be Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, or Big Ben Rosenberger? What do you think, Keo? I'm going with I'm going with Phillip Rivers, man. Um I think Philip Rivers, um, he's his the his the past two three seasons, his numbers have fallen. It just dropped. You've seen the decline. Um, his accuracy is not there. Uh, completion percentages are, are down. And you look at the weapons that you got around you. Uh, when when he during that time with the charges with. Keenan Allen with uh, uh, Mike Williams with uh, Hunter Henry. Uh, you had Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. You had the weapons around you, man, and he wasn't able to get it done. Uh, and Philip Rivers, he a lot of people look at him as at his career as an overrated quarterback. He um, he um, he underachieved. He put up oh, God. No, forget about. Antonio Gates and Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh yeah, yeah. Like definitely. you might want to back up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, with those guys also, and uh, he just had a lot of talent around him. And there was times where he had the opportunity to uh, get past uh, the teams like the New England Patriots in the postseason, and they just failed when it came down to it. And um, now you're going to what the Colts? I'm not confident with this Colts, uh, with this Colts team and the offense that they have, man. I just don't think he fits in the system. I think he's gonna struggle, and I think it's just gonna be a long season for Phillip Rivers. I honestly thought he should have hanged it up uh, this past season, but he ended up signing a one-year contract with guys like uh, 
with guys like Brady, Breeze, um, I, I think these guys, they're going to, you know, they're still going to have a good, decent seasons. Um, I see them in the postseason. Big Ben, I think the only issue with him is um, as long as he's healthy. Um, and uh, Juju Smith needs some help when it comes to, when it comes to the uh, Ben Roethlisberger and that wide receiving core, you always have somebody stepping up throughout the years. It, even if it's Antonio Holmes, if it's if it's Hines Ward, if it's Mike Wallace, um, um, Antonio Brown, then Juju Smith came along. They need some. They need that next guy up. That next guy to step up, and we haven't seen that yet. And if they could find a guy that could step up that Ben Roethlisberger can go through go to besides Juju Smith I think this team could be a, a a huge problem in the in the north but uh the guy that I'm taking out is um, I'm going with Philip Rivers I think that guy is going to be the first to retire Marlon what are you thinking Marlon I would say Roethlisberger due wow. to the injury due to the injury factor He's been the most injured of that group more often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had an injury to his throwing arm. So, like, that's very, very huge. You know, you say, you know, Drew Brees had an injury to, you know, the thumb on his throwing hand, which, you know, kept him out all those games, which it, it, I'm sure it probably affected him late in the season. But, for Ben Roethlisberger, that injury bug has not been kind to him. And, you know, at a more advanced age that he is now, you know, if he continues to get banged up, I just don't see him see him being able to, to come back another season. I think Phillip Rivers may have another year or two in him. You know, the Colts have a pretty good offensive line. If they can keep him upright, I think that, you know, he'll be able to compete in the NFC or AFC South and, um, you know, do some things with Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle, all those guys they got there in uh, Indy. But Roethlisberger, he stays hurt too much. And it's, it's, it's weird because the Steelers actually have a decent defense as far as front seven goes, you know, so it's like you got a good front seven that can put pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but I'm sure those guys get tired of going back on the field, you know, when, you know, Ben's on the sideline with a clipboard, you know, you know, cheeks looking like chipmunks, you know, while <laughs> Duck Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph both, you know, play and stink it up on the field. If Ben can't stay healthy this year, I'm afraid it's a wrap for him. And, you know, I, I would advise him to hang him up after this season if if he can't make it through the season healthy. I kind of agree with you, Marlon. You, you make some good points. Um, I I have that same opinion as yours for different reasons. Uh, number one, Tom Brady's going to play a couple more years. Uh, this guy's a fountain of youth. Um, he came to our division is going to end him. <laughs> <laughs> Who Atlanta? Whole division. <laughs> anyway, he came to Tampa Bay. This, this, oh my this, God! Why did you have to put it up? <laughs> you scared of that that image, aren't you? It's um, trash. 
His arm is, look at his picture, his arm is about to fall apart. <laughs> that TB12 method ain't working. <laughs> well, he's not going to win the championship this year. So he will come back with the weapons he has. He will get close this year. He will make the playoffs. And he will come back for ne you know next year to win the championship in Tampa Bay. So I don't see him retiring this year. Uh, so that pretty much eliminates Tom Brady. Drew Brees, I think, will retire this year. Um, but I think they're going to make a run in the playoffs. So they'll, you know, he'll be around a little bit. Um, so that kind of eliminates him as being the first to retire. If I, if I were to pick one, I'd pick one that's not going to make the playoffs or not, you know, win a Super Bowl. And I think Drew Brees has a really good chance to do both of those this year, make the playoffs and possibly win the Super Bowl. So I think he, you know, I think he, he may retire this year. I, I look for him to retire this year, but I don't think he'll be the first to retire this year. Um, then that, that leads me down to two, Phillip Rivers and Ben, ben Rosberger. I have nine different reasons why Phillip Rivers won't retire this year. Let us hear it. I'll just show you. <laughs> as long as he's popping out babies. Oh, man, that is a big family. He will continue to play. Because if you notice, he didn't come back to win a championship. Because he took a job at Indianapolis. No one believes Indianapolis can win a championship this year. They're not a contender. You know, some people see him as a playoff team. No one sees them as, as a contender to win the Super Bowl this year. So he came back because he wants to continue to play. He's not coming back to, to, come, to get that ring and then leave and ride off the sunset. That's not his goal. He got cut by the Chargers, and he looked for a job, and he found a job. He wants to continue to play. Now, so ben, you're saying he wants to keep getting those checks. <laughs> Did you see that family? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I get what you're saying. You're saying he has a lot of motivation to continue getting those checks. Yeah. And Big Ben, he's been talking about retiring now for two or three years. I mean, like last year, he talked about he wanted to retire. He decided to come back. And like you said, he's injured. I don't believe the Pittsburgh Steelers will make the playoffs this year. I think they'll be around 500 or so. And I think they'll, they'll be eliminated by the time the end of the season the end of the season so I think he will be the first one to retire officially now I think Drew Brees will retire at the end of the season uh if Philip Rivers can't get a job he could retire at the end of the season but I don't think he will choose to retire it will be one of those <laughs> Antonio out. Brown situations where you know it's in his best interest because nobody wants to pick up the phone you know <laughs> that, that that's my oh. take so I got a quick question for both of you guys. I noticed you, uh, uh, Justin, you you said that you don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Out of that list of four quarterbacks, which of those guys, it can be one or it can be multiple, do you think will not make the playoffs this upcoming season? Oh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees is making the playoffs. And I think Phillip Rivers will make the playoffs. <clears throat> but it's but it's borderline. What do you think, Kev? Uh, I'm definitely going with Brady and Breeze. Uh, both of them are definitely making the playoffs. I don't see the Colts making the playoffs. I don't see uh, – I think the Steelers with 
with that extra team to get the playoffs, I think they do have a good solid chance because I I I like the leadership of Mike Tomlin. I think uh, uh, because last year, man, that team struggled, but they still were still in the thick of things when it came into the playoffs with Mike Tomlin. So with the quarterbacks that they were dealing with last year, also without Ben Roethlisberger. So I think they have, have a great chance to make playoffs. I could see the Buccaneers not making the playoffs. Wow. I can wow. see that. Um, I can <laughs> see I can see the Steelers not making the playoffs because with I know I know the Cleveland Browns haven't made the playoffs since they've kind of rebranded their team, but them along with the Ravens make it very, very hard for the Steelers in their AFC North division, if you feel what I'm saying. Like, you know, the 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 Browns. The Browns have become kind of a tough out kind of team. Like I, I watched a lot of their games last year and they were pretty much in all of their games, you know, late in the game. They, they've become kind of a, a, a tough out type of team. And, you know, those games between them and the Steelers are brutal. The games between the Steelers and the Ravens are brutal. And Roethlisberger having his injury history, I, I just don't see him coming out of the season unscathed and being able to, uh, you know, rally enough, you know, will to want to play another season. So do you think the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs? They're kind of, they're a fringe team. They're kind of a fringe team. You know, they, they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be in that seven game, eight game win total area. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll, they'll be somewhere in, in the mix right there. We'll duck the question. Yes or no? I don't know. It's it's, it's a real hard question because <laughs> the Buccaneers may not make the playoffs, and the Browns may make the playoffs. Is that what you're trying to say here? I don't think the Buccaneers are going to make it because of them having Tom Brady there, and you know, not having the preseason to kind of work through some of their kinks. I think some teams are going to get on them early in the season. They're going to be behind that power, that power, uh, you know, struggle. They're going to be struggling trying to climb their way up because we have, we have a lot of good pass rushers in our, in our division. You guys got some, we got a couple, you know, like, I just think he's, he's going to struggle some, he's, he's going to struggle some and it won't be easy He's, he's had a cakewalk for 20 seasons in the AFC East. I think over the course of that 20 years, he's probably had a little bit of challenge maybe three times. And I think two of those times, it was the Bills that kind of gave them the problems. Don't forget about Mark Sanchez and the Jets. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sanchez, Sanchez actually would uh, he beat him in the AFC Championship game if I'm not wrong. No, no, no. He he beat him to go to the AFC Championship game. Definitely. All right. Well, we got one more topic left of the show, guys. The show is almost <laughs> over, but we're gonna stick with uh, your favorite player, Marlon. <laughs> um, 
we're talking about there's only one been one player in the whole history of the NFL to win MVP with two different teams, and that is the great Peyton Manning. He won it with the Broncos and he won it with the uh, with the Colts. There are two players this year that have won MVPs that are now on new teams. You got Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Can either of those win an MVP with a second team and join that club that Peyton Manning is alone in? Keel, what do you think? Um, I think if there's um, if I if there's one, if there's a player that I believe that could win a Super Bowl again, I'm going with. No, I'm going not with a Super Bowl. Not a Super Bowl. MVP. Oh, MVP. MVP. Most valuable player. Um, I I'm going, um, I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm going with the goat. CB12, so cliche. Man. So cliche. Look, man. Um, I I think I think when it comes to I think Cam Newton has a, a a good chance also, but um, you look at you know the weapons that's aligned with uh Tom Brady right now. You have um, you got Mike Evans, you, uh Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, two top receivers in the game right now. Uh, you kept OJ Howard. You have Cameron Bray. Everybody knows his chemistry with Rob Gronkowski. Um, and Gronk they, ain't uh, no ninety-five on Madden either. <laughs> oh, no yeah. way he should be a ninety-five. Um, they were able to draft up. Uh, they were able to draft. Um, I, in my opinion, one of the the best offensive linemen in the um, in the um, in the draft with Werfs. I think that was huge for them. Um, they they have the back over Ronald Jones. They drafted a couple of running backs also. Um, I like Tom Brady's chances. I think he's going to put up huge numbers this season. I think the schedule it should play in his favor. He has some huge matchups. Uh, as far as huge matchup against huge teams, because he goes against the Chiefs, he goes against the Packers, he goes against... Uh, your Falcons, he goes against twice. The Saints. Twice. Yeah. yeah. I, I that's mean, four, that's he, four he, losses for him right there. That's four losses for him right there. And if he could some way, somehow put those type of <clears throat> performances, um, have those type of performances against those teams, it'll make a great case, man. When I look at MVP, obviously the wins has the count. Uh, the storyline, I think the storyline's great also. And then uh, you, you got to put the, the, the stats also. And I think when it, when it, when it, when it comes down to with Tom Brady, if all of the, of, of all of that does happen, um, I could see Tom Brady winning MVP. But oh my I, God. <clears throat> but I won't, I won't be surprised uh, to see how well Cam Newton could play also because these are two different type of players, man. When when they're on the football field, as long as they're healthy, Tom Brady he could throw the players that's open. He could he has elite accuracy uh, when he completes his passes. Um, uh, when it comes to Cam Newton, um, his dual threat ability, man, as a passer, um, he he could run, he could extend plays. Um, he cre- he can create his own place. 
he makes defense guess themselves, and he could and that leads up to big plays and a lot of points. And I think Cam Newton has a chance with with the you know with the leadership of uh, uh, Bill Belichick, and then you got you know and you got your the offensive coordinator uh, Josh McDaniels there also. So I think he has a great chance. But if it comes down to me, I'm taking I'm taking Tom Brady, man. Theo, we're talking about football, not fairy tales. <laughs> Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Woo! What is the one thing the Tampa Bay Bucks offense is predicated on? Pushing the ball down the field. What is Tom Brady at this advanced stage of his career? He's a dinker and a dunker. That's what he is. Tom Brady probably led the league in throwaways last season because he no longer can push the ball down the field. To push the ball down the field means you got to hold the ball longer, meaning you're going to have more five and seven step drops. And we all know that Tom Brady is nowhere near fleet of foot. So I see Tom Brady ending a lot of games with dirty jerseys because he's going to get the pressure on him and it's going to be a rough season for him. He's a great player, so he's going to make some plays, but it's not going to be the Tom Brady that everybody's been swooning over for the last 20 years. It's going to be a shell of that guy. He's going to look a lot different than what everybody is used to seeing. Cam Newton has a much better chance at winning the MVP because of what you say at being with Josh McDaniels I don't know if you heard Cam's latest interview when he was like, hey, you know, Bill and, and McDaniels, they ain't never had no monster like this before. Never. You know, just Cam's ability alone could make that Patriots offense run a lot more efficient than what it has over the past couple of years. You know, Tom, he's going to dump it off to James White or Rex Burkhead, you know, run those same little running back screens. <laughs> this guy here, number one, six, five, 250, natural born animal. That's I think what... I, and, and I want to add to that. I think, I think if that does happen, one person that could benefit from, from what Cam Newton does is Sony Michelle, because, you 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 give Sony Michelle the ball, or you think Cam Newton's gonna run it? It's basically pick your poison of who you want, of who you're gonna get beat by. So, I think Sony Michelle could definitely benefit um, this season if yep. Cam stays healthy. I agree. With I'm that. gonna pick you back off of something you said earlier, Marlon. That AFC East is god awful. You got the Jets, the Dolphins, and you got the Bills, who are you know. Yes, they got a good defense. Team. They got a good defense, but I'm not taking Josh Allen serious. You know, just because he got a 99 throwing accuracy in Madden, don't mean nothing. <laughs> I'm not taking Mono Man, Mono Man, uh, Sam Darnold serious. No, no. So if Cam Newton is healthy, I think he could have a better year this year than he did in his MVP year in Carolina. Wow. Ooh. Being under Bill Belichick, the genius 
he is. I think this could be a great year. And he has a chip on his shoulder. Have you seen his workout videos? This guy has a chip on his shoulder. He wants Motivated. to show every team that passed on him why they shouldn't have passed on him. He got the league minimum. You got third-string quarterbacks making more money than Cam Newton is right now. So not only is he is he has a chip on his shoulder about pride, but he's trying to get a contract next year too. He's pissed off. He's pissed off. And and Bill Belichick, this is his chance to prove to everyone that he is the greatest coach of all time. Because if he can get Cam Newton back to MVP form and Tom Brady doesn't perform like Cam Newton does, Bill Belichick automatically gets elevated to the greatest coach of all time because people have been hesitant because of the duo they've had with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This is his chance to prove everyone wrong. And just like it's Tom Brady's chance to prove that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But that division, like you said, Marlon, even though I don't want to give Atlanta too much credit, that, uh, that division is way harder than the AFC East. Um, I think Tom Brady will make the playoffs, but I don't think he'll have a 5,000-yard passing season like Jameis Winston did. Uh, oh, you know, no. Jameis oh, Winston's no. not, you know, 40 years old. So, I mean, I think Tom Brady will have a great year this year. But if Cam Newton gets back, as long as he's healthy and he's back to what he used to be, he's still a young guy. He's only, what, this is what this, what is it, 31. Year, year? 31. He's 31? So, this I mean, is his 10th season. Already? Dang. Yep, 10th season. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, he's still he's still way younger than Tom Brady is at this point. <laughs> and as long as he stays healthy, he will have a monster year this year. And he has a chip on his shoulder, and he's trying to get paid. Tom Brady's already paid. He's about to retire. Cam Newton has a lot to show for, a lot to prove, and a lot to play for. So I think this could be – before, I thought the Patriots were playing for, for the number one pick in the draft. Now, <laughs> I believe the Patriots could could end up in the AFC Championship with this they, one pickup. They would have been playing for the number one pick had they started Stead as Keo's boy. You know, if they would have started Stead, they definitely would have been in the top five. Or, no as, or, as, or as Coach Belichick would say, Stiddy. Stiddy, huh? I'm going to go on a record right now, guys. The only way the Buccaneers can win the NFC South, Tom Brady has to have at least 40 touchdown passes. Wow. That's the type of season he's going to have to have to win our division. Hmm. Okay. But he, but you're saying he could. He, he is, everything's possible. He has, a, he has an opportunity to do it. So you always have the, pos- the possibility. But what I'm saying is it's going to take a Herculean season like that for him to win the NFC South. Do you think it'll happen? Are you picking him to win that division? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to win the division, and I don't think he's going to have anywhere close to that benchmark that I mentioned. Who do you have winning the division, Marlon? Of course, I'm going to pick my guys. I can't respect your opinion anymore, Marlon. You know what, man? I think AJ Torrell is going to be a huge problem when it comes down to lockdown. When it comes to I can't guard Mike. 
Oh, man. AJ Terrell. If anybody hasn't seen him in Clemson outside the LSU game, problems. And Keo, he's about to turn into can't get open, Mike, when AJ goes against it. Oh, oh, oh. On that note, guys, (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank thank my co-host, Keo, representing Cali tonight. Uh, this may be his last NBS show ever, possibly. Uh, we're hoping to get Mr. C back next week. Um, but I really appreciate him coming on and, and helping us out this last couple of weeks. Uh, he's got a show every Monday night. Um, Keo, you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, man. Thank you for uh, having me on, on the, the show for the past couple of weeks, man. I definitely enjoy, I always enjoy coming on the NBS show, but NBS. Let's talk about it um, every Mondays at 8 p.m. West Coast time, 10 p.m. Central, 11 in the West Coast. We give you the latest topics um, in sports, um, music, entertainment, battle rap. Um, uh, make sure you check out uh, um, yesterday's episode. Be uploaded actually uh, tonight. Uh, a ridiculous conversation between me and True X when it came to some guy named Kanye West. And I'll just leave it at that. And uh, Keo, you need to tell your man Truex, the habitual ducker. You know he's been ducking a lot of shows of late. You know, I know, I know he comes on. You know, on Monday night with you, but you know he can he can come and bless us with his appearance on the NBS show. You know, so we can you know we can go back and forth. You know, you need to you need to pass that message on to him that you know we'll we'll be gentle with him. You know, it won't beat him up oh, too I bad. I definitely will. <laughs> but um, again, another great show, guys. Um, appreciate you for letting me come on. You know, slaying these sports with you guys. Um, and uh, it's been another great show. And hopefully, you know, next week we'll have some better news. You know, about sports. You know, ho- hopefully baseball can can get underway on Thursday with no glitches, you know, and, you know, we got, we'll have another week before the NBA returns and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, that MVP race in the NBA is probably over right now, but of course with you guys, um, and uh, it's been another great But until the next time, peace out. All right, I want to plug one more show. Uh, every Monday before, uh, let's talk about it. We got Mike Larson's show. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, Larson Live. Check him out. I want to say it's, uh, Keo, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say it's uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time every Monday. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, check out him. He, uh, he has a great perspective on, on sports. Uh, he brings on his own uh special guest. Marlon's been on there many times. Uh, it is super interesting. And uh, this guy is up and coming uh, star of uh, the NBS Central. Uh, so check him out every Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Central. Um, also, don't forget, check out the NBS show next week. Um, oh, Marlon's already gone. Okay. Uh, check us out uh, every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central time. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Make sure you share this post. Share the MBS page, share our YouTube page, our Twitter page, our Instagram page. We're all over. 
and we want to get on everyone's page if we can. The more people see this, the better off we'll be. Uh, once again, signing off from the NBS show, uh, me and Keo and Marlon. Uh, peace out, guys.